Welcome to False Bottom Girls, a podcast about the wonderful yet sometimes confusing world of beer and brewing. Hi, I'm Rachel Hudson, owner of Pilot Brewing and an Advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair, sensory expert, home brewer, and Advanced Cicerone. I'm so sorry. I feel just so sorry you feel that. I know that's a weird <laughs> way to start. I'm not trying to set, start the episode like that. Um, I love starting the episode with, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As I, here we are continuing our streak of sick podcast episodes right exactly <laughs> yes that's um my most lasting souvenir from our trip to london is another cold because Man. all i do is get sick now i used to have such a strong immune system and now it's just a little baby and that, I, that's what you got when we went to god where we go yeah chicago. chicago yeah sick well, that was too yeah. Followed by RSV, I think, is what the internet told me I had. Ugh. And now this is just a common cold. And I'm gradually changing the balance in my body from being more mucus than human to being more human than mucus. So that's <laughs> nice. But yeah, well, sorry. Also, everyone, if the word mucus is gross to you, but <laughs> I got loads of it. I don't know how my body continues to produce it. <laughs> So much of it. It's okay. It's not stopping you. We're still going to produce podcast content for you all. Right. <laughs> but today you get to hear about our trip to London. That's that we right. Gave, we gave Jen her cold. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. But at least exactly you got right. it afterwards. It did not ruin the trip. Right. I was starting to feel it a little bit as we were leaving. Yeah. I'm um, kind of similar to Chicago where I was like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I... I could Gotta feel get that out it of was here. just a cold, but like when we were coming back from Chicago, I kept telling my husband, like, no, it's, it's not COVID. It's just a cold. Yeah. And then I got home and it was. So this time I was like, when you come to pick me up, bring a mask and I will wear a mask too. And I will do a test as soon as I get home Yeah. and I will retest again because last time I was insistent that that's not what it was. And it was, and this time I don't think that it is and it isn't. Uh, so welcome Ooh. to Jen's health checkup corner everyone <laughs> where I let you know how I'm doing with my cold I'm not as knocked out on um, cold medicine as I have been over the past several days at a couple days at work where I was like I don't know that I should send emails to people right now <laughs> uh, because I'm also such a baby that any kind of medicine I'm just like I took yeah. a giant bong hit or something so um <laughs> Also, if you're a person who's gotten an email from me in the past few days and you were like, what is what? this? <laughs> now, you know, <laughs> no, I'm sure you're fine. I am sure I am, too. Although so I did have a few um, COVID induced things at work that like weeks later, somebody was like, why is this in this folder? And I'm just like, <laughs> COVID I, don't, I had a hundred degree <laughs> fever, I guess. That's why <laughs> I swore it was in the yeah. right place. Yeah. So welcome everyone to False Bottom Girls. If you're still listening this far, uh, thanks. <laughs> this is a very professional podcast about very professional things. Yes. And we like recently... a professional trip to right. London. <laughs> right. And now I'm a professional sick person, I guess. Yeah. I've spent uh, the last three months more sick than not. And that's awful. Well, that's okay. It happens. It's well, not okay. It doesn't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be That's right. Same though. I hear you. It doesn't happen to me. The only thing that keeps me down is a literal COVID positive, positive test. <laughs> like 
you're like, well, I can't deny that. I can't deny the positive. Exactly. (laughs) So if this thing tells me not to go, even though I felt fine in my, in my uh, COVID case, but that's okay. Again, not here to talk about our illnesses. Like we're old people. Right. This is what happens as we get older, everyone. We're starting to catch ourselves do these old people things. No offense <laughs> to the older generation, but you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> but yes. So uh, Rachel and I just returned from a trip to London. This is our Here, new thing. Our new, our new thing. Tradition. Yeah. Just our new January off season trip. Right. Someplace beer focused. Um, well, at least the last two have been beer focused. The first two, the only two. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last year, you may recall, we went to Munich, and this year we decided to go to London to drink all of the Cascale, although Rachel is not a huge fan of Cascale, so I don't worry, everybody, I drank Rachel's share oh, of yeah. Cascale. Or I her. had a couple. I had a couple. You did. I don't mind it. I just, I like the- You like that CO2. I like the CO2. I don't mind the cast. I don't. Um, I had this really good bitter that we had at that one bar, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, listening, you know what what bar we're talking about. I know what bar I'm talking about. Um, no, I, it was great. Like, um, we're super fortunate. I just want to point out that we have really great fans, and we do have a couple of Patreon members, but we don't use we we you know we fund this trip personally, and I want to bring that up because I know we post Facebook photos of us sitting in first class, which my if you might have known or remember my husband is a pilot for American Airlines. So we get um, really nice benefits when there's open seats. We're very, 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 very lucky. We're very fortunate. And, uh, you know, we, we was just as easily sit in the back of the plane too. It just happens. We would not pay for a first class, even if we were rich enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is very expensive, but it's very, you know, um, we're very lucky to have Jeff's benefits that we fly on. So we just want to point that out just in case anyone yeah. thinks that we are, I don't know, be, one, being irresponsible with our funds, two, right. um, rolling in it. We're not. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we were, um, as we were strolling through Hyde Park, sipping our coffees one morning, <laughs> we were like, uh, Rachel said, I hope nobody thinks that this, like we're using Patreon funds to do things like, like this. $7,000 uh, airline tickets. Yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, I've never seen $7,000 in my life. So yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is. And it's something that, you know, last year when we went to Munich, that was like a spur of the moment, you know, yeah. less than 10 days thing. And we were like, okay, let's like, let's just keep this going. And last year when we were in Munich, we talked about coming to London. And this year, as we were walking, like we flew into Heathrow, we got on the train to go to yeah. our hotel. We got off the train and are walking to our hotel. And Rachel's like, where are we going to go next year? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. You can't leave the trip without having the next trip planned. Right. You know, uh, which we don't exactly, <laughs> we don't. but we've got some ideas, but we know we're going somewhere. So it's fine. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that is also one of the reasons why we can, or myself personally can afford to go on a trip like this is that it's in January, it's the off season and everything is super cheap. Um, you also trade for that things like a head cold that won't go away Yeah, <laughs> because you're walking around in like yeah. damp 50 degree London weather. But it, yeah. you know, it was kind of like last year when we were in Munich, 
you know, we knew when we were going that it was going to be like 30s, 40s. So when you know that it's not that big of a deal. And I was like, okay, like coats, hats. Sure. And, you know, coming to London was like, okay, it's going to be like 45 to 50. It's just going to be gray and wet. Mm-hmm. Um, we did like unintentionally get rained on um, that, like the one day when we left Westminster Abbey, it was not supposed to rain like that. And it did. <laughs> Naturally. And, yeah. It so yeah, we, every- we showed up at this pub just like soaking wet and pissed off. And uh, other than that, it was, you know, just kind of drizzly, but like we knew. Yeah, you get was- a couple hours of daylight. Like we knew it was, but that's cool. Like, like you said, we we're just there to drink anyway. So I, it doesn't really matter what looks like outside. And that's right. not true. We just, we did um, some really good tourist things. We did like your typical saw the changing of the guard, which was really cool to see, you know, like you don't need to go see it again, but it's cool to see what's your life. Right. And it was kind of interesting because, you know, you're like watching these guards like do their thing and sit there and they're very serious and you can't go up to them like you could, I think, a long time ago, because I feel like if you look online, there's pictures of people like fucking with them. Right. Right. Because they hiss at you like geese (laughs) if you get too close. They do. No, do they? Yes, they do. Yes. What? <laughs> Don't have to find a video of this. Are you making this up? They're just like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I I promise you, we can find a video. <laughs> they like they hiss at you like a goose. <laughs> but yes, I, we did go. We did go see all of the the monuments to the colonizers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and there was one guard, as um, some of you may know from knowing me in real life or uh, listening to this podcast. I get very particular about things, <laughs> and there was one guard whose hat was off center. And at some point, I felt like it was just something he was. It was a personal attack on me um, <laughs> that he would not fix his hat. Well, it was kind of weird because you're just like, can you see? Like, right. you're just like, can you see why aren't you like, are you not allowed to fix your hat? Because I feel like it, you could do this like professional movement of yeah. fixing your hat. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I'm doing this very guard movement. Yeah. Of All of their movements. Of yeah. Office. Very precise. Very yeah, like, ro- like a robot. Like, right. Like you're dancing like a robot. Do do. But in soldier form. Yeah. And then they yell at each other a lot when they're changing. Mm-hmm. So you get like three guard, you have two posts, one guard at each post, and you have the change time and you have like three guards march up and one guard's like the yelling guard. He's the main guard. He's the one that shouts and the other two are there to switch off. So you walk up to the first one and he shouts something and they makes the other people do stuff. And then he shouts something else and read. Then he reads like a script. He pulled out something, but you can't hear that part. I wonder what it says though. I have to look it up. Yeah, I don't it. know. Uh, yeah, I thought it was like some sort of a log or something, but it, I think you're right. It may have been a script. But can you imagine? I don't know. And like we were just talking about this, Rachel. I, when I am finished with work, first of all, I have been counting down how many minutes are left in my workday for the previous 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And can you imagine? And I, I especially think back to like when I worked in retail. And if somebody was like, well, yeah, like your shift ends at five, um, but at five is when we march somebody across the, you know, (laughs) like across the store to go to your other coworker first and we yell at each other and like stomp our feet (laughs) a little bit. And then, then we come over to you and you have to do that too. Like, 
No, most days I like <laughs> blow my hair back with how fast I slam my laptop shut. Like, can you imagine yeah. having to sit there and, and you've just been standing there for like yeah. an hour and you're not somebody really giving doing you dirty looks and taking pictures of you because your hat's crooked yeah. and insisting that you probably drive that Corolla that's over inside and, the parking lot. Yeah. And there's other guards there. Like, I don't want to say real guards. Like there are real guards, like watching the. Right. Like semi-automatic weapons. Yeah. Like, like modern policemen. Body with, armor. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like walking around doing the real guarding while everyone's watching these other guards just kind of stand there. And you're like, who's really the guard here? You know, if right. something was. Well, there's happen. one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to, then you start looking at these guards. You're like, dude, I bet these are babies. Like, I bet these are like 21, 22 year old boys. Right. And this is like they're. They, you know, they're in the army. I, I should really look up the word, what they're called. You think we know we were just there, but they're in the London army paying their dues, like standing out, taking turns. I don't right. know. Or maybe that's the retirement job. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so. It seems incredibly boring, but we did see it. And, was, that, yeah, and it was like, okay, check. We saw that. You are, you're right. You're funny. Like Jed looks over to the side and it's like this little parking lot, like of where, you know, people like work at, Work at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> She's like, who do you think drives at Crowola over there working at Buckingham Palace? <laughs> <laughs> like a receptionist, I guess. <laughs> probably the probably just the, the highest paid person there, honestly. Right. Don't a lot of them, I don't know if this is just a movie thing or if I made this up in my head, but don't like a lot of delegates or people in charge, or whatever, just take taxis. Like there's no like real big limo service. They just like take regular taxis. I don't know. I have to go look that up. That that could just be something that like one guy did. And I'm just associated with all the other white guys. Right. In charge. <laughs> that's probably more like it. I'll, yes. It's probably a movie I watched. It's probably not true at all. So cool tourist thing. We also did classic tea time, which I am okay. actually drinking hot tea right now. Oh, look at that. It's Earl Grey black. Very nice. Well, I discovered we're sitting there at tea time and it, I started to feel kind of the way I'm feeling right now. I'm starting to look, feel a little jacked up from this caffeine, <laughs> but we're sitting there at tea time and I'm like, like tapping everything. I was like, there's a lot of caffeine. It's tea, isn't it? She's like, yeah, probably. I was like, ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rachel ordered Earl Grey and was like, is there caffeine in this? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. man, this could be my new thing at home because like, I don't like coffee. Well, I like a coffee with a lot of milk, but I try not to do that because, you know, milk's a lot of calories. But and I like the caffeine and I'm like, well, this can be my new thing. Yeah, and it has. I've been drinking a lot of hot tea since I've gotten home. Nice. Earl Grey. Very good. As you can maybe tell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. We went to high tea at Harrods and uh, that was that was an experience of something that neither Rachel nor I would necessarily do. But it's like, well, True. you're in London. Yes. And go do something that seems it was like very a very quintessential London thing. It's not as like, it's not intimidating fancy. Let me put it that way. Right. It's like, uh, like understated it's, it's nice. fancy. It's just like a nice tea time with like fancy teacups and a nice area. And, you know, your, your mini sandwiches and crumpets and scones. <laughs> and I don't even know what a crumpet is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Little pastries. Jen right. got Jen got a vegan option and I got well, I don't know, a non-vegan option. And you know, a lot of that stuff is so beyond me. Like I 
I didn't, I did like the cucumber sandwiches. Those were very nice. I like that. Nice. And I like most, you know, all the sweet stuff is not, can't really go wrong with that. But like, I, I am much rather have hot tea, you know, next to my Caspier right to my fried cheese right exactly yeah we had just we stopped at a pub on the way there and had gotten some cask beer and some fried halloumi and then went to high tea and then left and went to another pub where we got more beer and fries and not chips fries because I went up to order and was trained to be like I'm being respectful yeah I was like hey can we just get an order of chips and he's like I have chips, I have fries, I have crisps. And yeah. I was like, we just no, want exactly. hot fried potato. Like you're like, wait, wait. That's the end goal. You're like, okay, I know what crisps are. We're gonna take that out. Right. <laughs> you have chips and you have fries. Right. Break it down for me. And I think one was supposed to be like American style fries. And I think right. that's what we got. Right. Like basically like, like shoestring. shoestring. Yeah. yeah. Because all the other ones were like big steak fries. But um yeah, but then the first place we went to when we first got there, you try to order chips, as in fries. Right. And you're like, okay, can we get some chips? And the lady's like, yeah, what flavor? And like points to like the bags hanging on like the thing on the wall. And you're like, no, she she's like switching it over to American for right. you. And you're trying to order like an English person, <laughs> like the way it should be. And now it's just like, I bet it's a big mess over here all the time. I bet <laughs> I bet there's always this little debate back and forth. And you got the regular, not regular Americans, but you got Mar- or anyone who doesn't call them chips being like, oh yeah, give me fries. And yeah, I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I guess it's safer to ask it, what do you want on this wall that's right here ready to go? If I fuck it up, it's no big deal because right. you say no. And here's some fries. Right, exactly. Uh, it's yes. a mess over there. It's just a mess. <laughs> just ask for the fried potato. Yeah, that's, it was like hot, <laughs> hot fried potatoes. That's, yeah, that's however they come out. After. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I don't want yeah. it in a bag. Right. I want you to put it in some oil. Right. <laughs> but yeah, we got to. Um, well, we did a full short. I know we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But we uh, were very lucky to have some people um, in it. You know, who live in and around London recommend some pubs for us to go to so we hit quite a few of those and they were all super cool Um, a lot of the ones that we went to at first were all green king tide houses Uh, so in in the uk they have a tide house so like green king the brewery will own the pub and they serve green king beers yeah and we went to i guess we went to a fuller's when we went to the harp and then we went to guinness bar it kind of seems like where we were staying in the Paddington area was a lot of Green King. Yes. And we didn't really notice Fuller's until we went to like a different area, like a Fuller's right. house. Right. So I'm not sure if that's intentional, but we did notice that. And, and there's like private pubs as well. But it, it is like this trend to see like all these Green King ones and then some Fuller ones. A lot of um, European cities you'll see kind of. Like you called them tied houses, right? Tied to the brewery, right? Kind of thing. And one of the ones I think my, well, now that I think about it, I think I have two favorites. So we went to the Toucan, which was a Guinness bar. Yeah. And, cool. and it's, you know, all of these places and it's, it's like this elsewhere in Europe, but they're all super tiny. And like, I think I'm also used to, if I'm going to a bar or if I'm going to a tap room, I'm thinking like, you know, the industrial setting that like most American craft is 
or, you know, the bar has got like this, you know, a big bar and there's just all this room and there's not like most of these places we went into, you could fit maybe 12 people in there. Yeah. But the, the Chucam was great because that was, it was just all, it was a Guinness bar and it was a proper pints of Guinness. Mm -hmm. And it was very good. The um, the Grenadier was the other one that we went to when we left high tea that one of uh, one of my friends had told me about that we would not have found otherwise. Oh, yeah, that's where we had the, the fries, the fries. The American yes. fries. <laughs> yes, but no, it's that place was cool. The end of this alley, um, it's called the Grenadier. And it's actually on land owned by the Duke. So yes. it's not it's not like technically like London proper. No, yeah, we were like walking to it, and you start walking down these like back neighborhoods and alleys, yeah. and you're like, "Should we be is... here?" Yeah, like, you're like, active construction site. You're like, "Is Patty just taking us to his house?" You're like, "Where?" <laughs> but then I remember you start seeing like Duke, like this is where like the Duke entrance to the neighborhood or whatever it was, and then you're like, "Wow, this is really cool." And then you know, you know when there's not a lot of people around going and like it's packed inside but you don't really know from the outside you know that's good you know it's yeah good, like yeah that was a I think that was just a super cool place and apparently in the basement there you can see the tunnels that like lead to the duke's castle oh yeah and stuff so we didn't get to do that um but yeah like super super tiny place and when we left like and it's at the we got there from the end of an alley and then yeah. on like on the where the entrance is, is, is another dead end. So it's just two dead ends where like, there's like Rachel said, there's not traffic. Yeah. There's not really anything there and you would never find because it. People live back there. Right. So it's like, there's like people's houses and like where they yeah, park like, their kind cars. Of like town so, homes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like a neighborhood bar in this town home. So it's like, you got to know those are the perfect places. Yes, it was. And that was um, one of my old co-workers, Will, when I said that we were at Harrods, he said, oh, you're actually right around the corner from this yeah. pub. And he had told me about the pub a couple of times. And uh, so, yeah, I was definitely glad that we, you know, went that way and, and walked over there and went to that pub. And then the other one that I remember liking a lot was the harp. Yeah. And that was the we one we went to. Yeah, after we left Westminster Abbey, it was just right off of Trafalgar Square. And that was, um, you know, they have like all of these camera awards for winning like best pub of the year and stuff on the wall. And, and they, were, they had the one guy who was getting his beer and uh, the bartender asked if he had his camera membership. He was like, you know, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And if you <laughs> looked, he got like 10 percent off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever you picture a camera member looking like, that's it. You got oh, it. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. That's that guy. <laughs> and yeah, and there were a lot, there were a lot of them, you know, like tweed and like, yeah, facial hair, <laughs> all hunched over the bar. Yeah. So we did a lot of the, a lot of the pub stuff, which is Rachel and I have talked about this before when you're a beer person, if you're listening to this, you're very likely a beer person and probably have the similar experience. It's great to travel with other beer people oh, because we go from pub to pub and we're there to drink Cascale and you know it's like well we've already been to a Green King let's find another one yeah and it's important to not go to the same place like right right and when you travel with people who aren't beer people exactly. and I'm sure it's like this with everything uh, but I remember being in Boston with my mom and my sister sitting in Trillium because I said look like I'm going to this tap room 
you're welcome to come with me if you want. I'm fine to go alone. No, no, we'll come with you. And like, so then it's just, we can just cut to us sitting in the Trillium tap room at a table with my <laughs> mom and sister with like their hands folded on the table in front of them, like smiling at me with, you know, like I have a beer, my sister has a beer. My mom's like, I don't like beer. And they're like, okay, so why are we here? <laughs> What's special about this place? Now, why did you order that? Now, what would you expect? And it's like, if what I, would you change about the recipe? <laughs> right. And I'm like, you know what, if, and one of my mom was like, well, so what would you, what would be different if we weren't here? And I was like, if you weren't here, I'd be sitting at the bar staring at my phone, like yeah. drinking this exact same beer. Like this is the experience. It, like this is it. we're doing it. We're in the middle of it right now. Uh, so it's always nice to travel with other, with people who understand that like, yes, this is for beer. We did some other touristy things, but it is going from basically pub to pub to try different cast beers. And I was able to knock a few commercial examples off that I hadn't been able to try before yeah. that I was able to try on cask. Um, and that was awesome. So, you know, if I went in someplace and they had like the Harvey's best bitter on, it was like, yes. Okay. Got it. Getting that check. Yep. It's always great to check out what's new too, because yes, we have all these old sides of history and beer history, but now we have all these new microbreweries too. So mm -hmm. we went to a few of those. like this area. Um, it wasn't, was it, do you remember the name, the name of the area? But it was basically like a lot of different breweries, microbreweries underneath oh. this bridge. Beermansy Beer Mile. Yes, that's right. Beermansy Beer Mile. And so Imagine like, um, I, you know, I never really looked what was on top, maybe a tram going across, but cause, so imagine like a big tram up top with like little, um, uh, arch alleyways underneath. And in those alleyways are beer breweries or maybe like a beer hall, maybe the brewery's off site, but like multiple different places serving craft beer that is locally brewed. And, um, we're sitting in one. And uh, like, you you just kind of forget where you are. I mean, everything's so new when you go to these places and you're just like, every once in a while, it's just like, like the whole thing shakes. <laughs> right. And I was like, what are the bartenders doing back there? I thought it was coming for like the bar, like something, like some sort of drink. And I was like, what's going on? And then I realized like, oh yeah, we're underneath this, that, you know. Yeah. Active train tracks. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. And we had some really great beer. Like you can try, you can find traditional i say traditional like the styles that you would expect to see in micro craft breweries in america the new england ipas the i mean one brewery we went to had like three different pale ales with different american hops or new zealand hops and it's uh -huh. like showcase the hops and i like it got to a point where i was like oh i'll do this one where i was up there ordering a beer i was like give me this one with this hop she's like oh we're out i was like that's fine i'll take this hop she's like oh we just ran out of that one and then they had <laughs> then they had a pill and a pilsner with the same hop i was like oh just give me that hop she's like do you want the pill the pilsner pilsner the pale i was like i literally do not care yeah <laughs> at that point <laughs> I don't know. I didn't care the first time. They're all sound great, <laughs> but it, a lot of, a lot of styles, a lot of options. Um, we did get to meet Cara down there. Who's our friend who works at Aroxa off flavors. So that was fun to meet someone that lives there. Right. Out and, a little bit. Right. And she could show us around. Um, yeah. Also during this conversation is where we came up with the idea of diacetyl sniffing dogs. Yes, that's right. VD canines. VD canines. TM, 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 TM. So much TM. Um, <laughs> so if anyone 
if you may know or may not, but I have this awesome dog named River who would be perfect for VDK9. She is, uh, she comes from a service dog organization. She's not a service dog. They they kept her for a while to have some more puppies for the organization. She, she ended up getting retired from the program after puppy litter one, which is great. So uh, anyways, she's all mine to do what I want. And Cara's like, no, 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 we'll, we'll sponsor this VDK9. And I'm like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Because you imagine, first of all, how adoptious would we be to go up to like other breweries and be like, okay, you smell this one. So then she like sits. All of a sudden, yeah, like, like, <laughs> she's got her little VDK9 vest, like a little police but, dog. But if we could do it, like all I need Cara to do is just send me massive amounts of off flavors. And you know, what? well, yeah, I need that. And then I can use VDK or diacetyl in beer also and do like a mix. We can do this, Jen. Yeah. We're taking all, if any of our listeners are experienced in this field. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we, we have the, the funds. We have the, the resource. We just need talent. But if anyone's experienced in training VDK9s or just any you know, scent to a dog. Right. Let us know. Yeah. We, we were you. also several beers deep at this point. No, no, no. That yeah. doesn't matter. I know that it doesn't it matter. It was a good idea. It and does that's matter. Where the best ideas come from. Right. It does matter years. to the extent that we were talking about it. And I said we could call it VDK nines. And Rachel and I just immediately start slapping each other at the table <laughs> because we're so pleased with ourselves. <laughs> I think she was pleased too. I yeah. think this is a three-way pleased. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We left, we left with a lot of big plans. I that. can't believe I don't remember that. That was like probably the, big, one of the biggest highlights of our trip. <laughs> well, I am getting on. I am. This is a thing. Right. I'm going to start training with her tomorrow. So, yeah, we did some of the, the craft breweries and they, you know, it's, I did something similar when I was in Warsaw in Poland a few years ago, going to like the craft breweries there. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting because, and I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, like when we went to Munich and, you know, got that first beer in Munich, it was like, oh, everything else I've tasted up to now has been an impression of this. And I didn't exactly get the same experience with the cask beer, but going to craft breweries is what I imagine it feels like for you know, somebody from Germany to come to the United States and drink at Pilsner, where it's like, good for you. You did it. This is pretty good. <laughs> and, like, and, and I'm not saying at all that the quality of beers were bad because they weren't, but it, it is an interesting, like, as Americans, we don't really get that experience very often in the beer world to be somewhere and to drink another region's interpretation of what we've been doing. Yeah. Unless, you know, I, I do feel like I've had a couple with these microbreweries. Like when we were in Munich, we had a black IPA, which needed, mm-hmm. in my opinion, a little work, but it wasn't bad. Just wasn't like roasty enough, wasn't hoppy enough. But that's so typical too with beers on that side of the world trying to make American styles. It's, it can be hard to know when to not go overboard, quote unquote, with your ingredients, you right. know, less right. is more. But sometimes with these styles, it can be aggressive, like the black anything stouts, right? IPAs, big beers. So 
you find that you find that with their IPAs in general too, just like not as aggressively hopped, which I personally really, really like. And there were some really nice balanced beers that in my opinion on in London, I was like, yeah, this very well example of a pale ale, Mm -hmm. a lot better than most pale ales. I feel like I have. Right. Um, And one thing that I was talking with somebody else about the trip and she said, oh, so was it just a pub crawl? And I was like, well, the connotation and the context is really different from like when you say pub crawl, like we're picturing people in St. Patrick's Day, green head to toe, you know, being sloppy. Not really paying attention, just having a drink at each place they go. No right. reference right. to anything. But yeah, and it was like in, you know, pub culture is such that the beers are mostly low ABV. So you can sit at the pub and drink with your friends and community. You know, that was something that started after the plague when people the pub was born out of the plague when people stopped having people at their houses and started having public places, but it's all low ABV. Yeah. Because the point is not to get drunk. The point is to hang out and drink beer and still be able to function to get home. And so it's like, yeah, but like if we went to, if we spent an hour at a pub and we each got two beers, they're probably like 3.8%, maybe four and a half percent beers. Whereas in the United States, if you go to like any tap room, I would say your average ABV is probably going to be like six and a half, seven yeah. at least. And so it's, it's just a different experience there where it's like, yeah, we went to a lot of pubs, but like we never got, you know, like trash. Yeah. Like when you think about going on a pub yeah. crawl, being like woo girls or something someplace, like, <laughs> yeah. no, that's not, that's. That's not what it is. And as a matter of fact, if you walk in as two very wet American women, you sometimes get disapproving glances from the older <laughs> camera members who are there who seem to resent your presence. Um, but that's fine. Everybody was fine. So let's talk about Fuller's because we went to the Fuller's Brewery and went on the tour, awesome. which we had heard from um, from different people that it was super, super cool and worth it. Yeah. It, it was a, like... a wasn't too out of the way for us um no. maybe just a few miles but like mm-hmm. enough to need a car mm-hmm. and we did well, London's pretty big right exactly it's kind of, has its areas so right and again you know we're in a city we're not familiar with we don't know if it's going to be walkable if you know where where we're going to be walking uh, and that's something everything seems like a, a lot longer than it was like right. when you got in a car, like you're like, oh, this is like a 40 minute drive. But for some reason, according like to Uber's map, you know, right. But for some reason, these drivers are like you just this is a 25 minute drive. Yeah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but yeah, so Fuller's, uh, we learned a lot of cool stuff there. We had um, Dafid was our tour guide. Yes. And when we got there, we spoke to I had already spoken to the tour manager um, ahead of our trip. So when we got there, he said, you know, this, this guy is very big into history. So he's a really good tour guide for you because I just emailed kind of like what, what we did with spot and of like, Hey, yeah. like we get it beer house for ingredients. Is it possible for us to get like a personal tour or something like that? So I was, I was really happy that we got connected with a tour guide who is very heavy on the historical things, because I felt like he shared some things that you wouldn't normally get. Um, we still did, you know, get, handfuls of kernels of stale malt shaken out into our hands and 
hop yeah. pass around for everybody to smell. Uh, but you know, that's fine. That's, that's okay. We, it's nice to have that information reinforced. But yeah. one of the things I thought was so cool about Fuller's is so many breweries back in the day before we had like pneumatics and, you know, and even like electricity and stuff, it's a vertical brewery. So, you know, to start the tour, like you go up, up all of these mm -hmm. stairs to the top of the, to the top of the brewery. And it's like, here's the mill, here's the mash ton. And then like you go downstairs and it's like, here's the boil kettle. And you keep going down the stairs until you get to the bottom. And that's where packaging is because for so long, everything was gravity fed. Exactly. Yeah. There's and no pumps to do right. things on the same level of the building. Right. And you don't realize it. Like that was something I knew going in, but it was probably like halfway through the tour that it clicked with me that we had gone up all of these stairs and now we were going back down. And that wasn't really something, and maybe he said it and I missed it, but that wasn't something that was highlighted, I don't think, during the tour. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't even think I really put it together until you had said something. I was like, oh yeah, we are. Because you're right, I didn't really... You go up all these stairs, but I guess I didn't really realize it. Yeah. It's little by little kind of. Right. Right. But yeah, it was very interesting. And then, they, you know, they were showing us the old kettles, the old stuff that they were using. And then they showed us like the more modern stuff also. But right. it's just all like really cool. I mean, I wish we, we're going to have to post some pictures when we post this episode because to see the old copper kettles and just like peek your head and stuff and what they used to do. It's all right. really and cool stuff that brewery has been operating there for 350 years. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's that, and they still very do amazing. Like right, it's the original do. location. They have now bought some brands. They weren't bought. They Changed are. Up. They are bought. But yes. Fuller's is owned so, by Asahi. That's right. And now, but they make other brands like dark horse brewery. Mm -hmm. uh, they made meantime now. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, um, they used to make Gales. Gales. But I think they absorbed Gales into one of their own products. And then they had um, the Frontier Lager, which is a Fuller's product? Yes. Okay. Fuller's Frontier. Okay. But they just call, they just market it as Frontier Lager to right. them, which can be, I think one of the cool, really, really cool things that we learned was that Every beer, every Fuller's beer that you see in the market, whether it's in Europe, America, Brazil, came from that brewery. There mm -hmm. are no other breweries making Fuller's beer. Right. And they're not at full production. Like three to four days a week right now, apparently their biggest market was Russia. So this kind of taken a hit because that first cause COVID and then, you know, losing Russian market. So, uh, that's really i mean you just feel like fuller's is so big like you go to a classic pub even in america you're probably going to get a fuller's right you know it's kind of right. cool interesting yeah. it is it is interesting you're right to see it and just be like here all of and the, i mean all the beer all like me, meantime dark horse like any right. of there's any and there's still only like three to four oh. i can't remember the size of the brew house i don't remember like 250 barrel brew house maybe maybe and i mean we're not talking like a huge we're not talking small but we're not talking huge 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 right they have right. bottling not like lines. when we went they to have... spot and it was like a football yeah. field of a bottling line with like six different brands being bottled mm -hmm. at the same time mm -hmm. it's like a small big brewery it was really interesting yeah 
yeah, it was really cool. And they had the, where you started in the tour is in one of their old cellars that they used to use as like an air raid shelter. And that was something else that I also noticed in Munich. And this is just a very American, you know, somebody from the United States. When you, like, we've all read about World War II and World mm-hmm. War One, and it's this something that happened in books, right? And it did happen. I'm fairly certain most of our listeners probably <laughs> yeah. believe that that happened. But in case you didn't, that, it that did. is real. But being over there and even just at Fuller's, hearing them say, yes, these are our cellars. These were air raid shelters during the war. Or when we were at Westminster Abbey and they talked about this is the damage that was incurred during the Blitz. And Fuller's said the same thing. One of their, yeah, um, was it like one of their water tanks or something had gotten bombed during I the remember. Blitz. And it was, they thought, you know, this was, it wasn't purpose purposeful. It was just kind of an, an, I shouldn't say accidental bombing because you're bombing things. So there's yeah. no accidents, yeah. um, but it wasn't intentionally a target, but to hear them talk about, yes, this is from the Blitz. Yes. These were air raids. It's to be there is very much like, oh, yeah. this, this did happen in a physical place. Which yeah. I, I know that sounds a little weird to say it like that. Just no. like when you see like T-Rex bones for the first time and in walking around it's... Munich, you saw, you would see several plaques that would not commemorate, but would, you know, mark. Yeah. Like, Here's this was, this was bombed and yep. this was bombed or this has been rebuilt. Uh, so for me, it was like, oh, that's, this is a, a concrete thing that happened to concrete people. If, yeah. If that makes sense. It's not yeah. something I read about in a book. Yeah. Um, which I didn't doubt it, but to actually be no, there yeah, yeah. and to experience it, um, or, you know, it's two different things. You're right. It's a very real thing. And it's, it's hard to let, I mean, it can be easy to not appreciate it. Right. And it, I'm glad that they take time to like recognize it. Yeah. I like that too. And another thing we learned during the tour is that the beer Fuller's makes London pride is named after a flower called London pride that got its name after the blitz, because there was this flower that would grow up in between the rubble of, you know, of all the bombed out buildings and everything. And they named it London pride. So that's actually what the beer is named after. Yeah. And no idea. And yeah, so that was a really cool fact to learn. And London pride is their top, like, producer they make the most of that they said which you know makes sense i could arguably we see it being esb but that's because i'm american and that's what it's exposed (laughs) to me over here as a classic style yes it it is very cool to be able to like it is different you know i did have that aha moment that we had in germany when we like when i did get esb at the brewery on cast Mm -hmm. you're like this is so not aged right this is this is nice (laughs) and i remember i brought home one for one of the um team members at pilot because he really likes that style like in the pub ale that we make and i was like this is the epitome of the style like from the brewery not brought over on a ship and gone through all the bs of aging so that's always nice it's always nice when you can try examples especially when you're learning about beer that have not been aged right because we do it's hard to get that um here total wine like, terroir oh total wine is the worst <laughs> i will give a sh- shout out you know, if you're local to charlotte to uh rhino mart and deli i just lately have been super impressed i just like to give credit where credit's due 
Do you need Cicerone beers to study? They always have a good selection. I mean, I'm not going to say you're going to get every single style there in one go, but you get three or four good styles. So just want to point yeah, that out there. Cold storage. Cold, cold storage. Yeah. Right. With small, small inventory, but good rotation. Just want to throw right. that out there. Well, and I think, I, and I agree with you being at Fuller's was, and tasting the beer was like, yes, this is it. So this, good. This is what it's supposed to taste like. And, and like, I reckon like the flavor profile, like you said, it's, it's recognizable to you, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is fresh. Yes. Yes. Or like, this has been well taken care of. And I also, for me, one of the aha moments that if you aren't somebody who's studying for Cicerone, this wouldn't be an aha moment for you. But we were at one pub and the beer I got, I tasted it and I was like, well, I think this has gone off. And oh yeah. Oh, the cast beer. Yeah. 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 And tasting it and was like, oh, this is, yeah. So, yeah. you know, when you're studying about cast beer, talk, they talk about how after a certain number of days, it's supposed to be designed to be consumed very quickly. So we've mm-hmm. got a whole episode on Cascale, but it's when it gets starts to get old or has been on for a while you start to get those acetic characters and and in in britain they say that it's gone off like the cast has gone off so i got this pint and tasted it and was like oh this has gone off yeah and you know i was like this is very obvious like oh i paid money for this and it's gone (laughs) off but it was still yeah i remember it was kind of like a subtle yeah, I had my cast beer and I was like, oh, this is good. Tried yours. It's like, yeah, yours is off. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Here's yeah. Your beer back. <laughs> and it wasn't and I don't think it was necessarily. It wasn't like, like it wasn't objectionable or like yeah. repulsive. But when you tasted yeah. it, it was like, this is not I can tell that this is at the end of its days right now. Yeah. And so that was a cool, you know, that's a cool lesson to learn, even though I still had like a pint of not great beer. <laughs> drinkable enough to not return it yes exactly. (laughs) well and i want to say it was at the place where they were not happy that we were there and so i was like i don't feel like that i don't feel like that (laughs) there wasn't even like hardly anyone in there when we when we got there right but yeah those lads who took our table it was so funny because we were getting ready to leave you were in the bathroom coming back out but it was all like good like we were leaving so they were like oh are you like they could tell and i was like yeah 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 like but i was letting them in so they could claim rights because it got busy right say very they're very nice they're very uh you all you know to your face very uh friendly accommodating and i'm like the amount of got times this guy's like says sorry for taking this table i'm like you have no reason, I was, no reason to be sorry he's like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry like it's fine we're leaving like i am happy to like help you trick everyone in here and right. get this table and you're like and like you see you come back and I'm like don't worry he has apologized so many times <laughs> and he's like I'm just getting started <laughs> and it's just so funny because I just love the uh, like you literally have nothing to be sorry for we are leaving you are not stealing our table even right. if we're here have a seat there's two extra chairs right yes <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah, I like I come around the so, corner and like I, I start to get my hackles up. So I'm like, who were I know, I in your face. I was like, it's cool. They apologize. <laughs> Rachel's so like, many no, no, times. it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, but another really cool thing or interesting thing that we learned in our travels, which I think is 
We are going to do, side note, we're going to do an episode on beers that have like changed styles recently, we decided, because we've come across a lot of them. And I'm not saying this is exactly an example like that, but Fuller's makes a beer called Frontier Lager. Mm-hmm. As we're taking a tour, um, our tour guide, you know, mentions, you know, he starts talking about Frontier Lager and he's mentioning that it's a top fermenting beer because he's like talking about bottom fermenting top fermenting and all this jazz and i just kind of hear this like casual like what he just said and um so we continue on the tour and he mentions something else about oh yeah some other breweries using this top fermented ale yeast and i'm like and he's like oh and it's like all right cool it's cool she says cool and i'm like oh so like like i tried to ask him you know like frontier lager is like a Kolsch and I don't really know what he said because kind of walked away. But I was like, later on, I was like, is he saying that Frontier Lager is a Kolsch? I'm like, Frontier Lager, right? Like, I'm just making sure. And then at the end of the tour, we were uh, vis- like the guy who set up the tour for us told the head brewer that we were a big deal and that we were coming. Right. Yes. The, the brewing <laughs> so, manager, Guy Stewart. Brewing, his name was Guy Stewart. All of Stewart. a sudden, like this very like handsome older British man shows up and is like, Jen. And I'm just like, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm not I'm not Jen, but I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. And no, he man. is the brewery manager who came yeah. down to speak to the two of us, which seemed to impress everybody else on our tour. Yeah. And I'm immediately like, the tour quick guide. question. Quick question. Yeah, we're sitting there and I was like, Rachel, Rachel, is he's it, your guy. It, Ask yeah. him. Yeah. Is the fun London logger or frontier logger? It says uh it Colchis. He's like, Yeah. I was like, Well, look at that. <laughs> so <laughs> what because ale for Kolsch is an ale yeast that is can be treated kind of like a lager strain would at some time. So it's going to be very characteristic as a lager. But, um, you know, we are talking to someone else about that. And apparently it's kind of a common thing that a lot of the London breweries do with their quote unquote lagers is to brew them with ale yeast. Mm-hmm. With Kolsch specifically, right? With Kolsch sorry. Yeah, okay. specifically. Yeah, Kolsch ale yeast specifically, um, which super interesting it's due to their fermentation temperatures preference right. i guess like i mean i'm not saying they don't have the equipment to ferment at any temperature they want these days right i guess time i thought that was super interesting apparently it's a common thing london lager is not a style in bjcp but if it was it would be a colch it would be a colch <laughs> yeah when i think that's even in speaking about that and what you were saying earlier about having UK interpretations of American craft and it's not quite there. I think it's also probably the consumer taste Yeah. of, you know, do I'm, I'm sure, you know, 95% of the beer sold worldwide is macro industrial lager. It is. Yeah. So I'm true. sure that that applies in the UK also, yeah. but is, you know, do the, does the UK palate really want a lager or do they want a clean ale and maybe you know i think that's probably or is it some of that decision making of a time thing right business decision right. driven money right you know is it that or a combination of both right i mean exactly. they do a lot of cask beer right so that's probably a big part of the reason why too because like i mean i'm not saying like a lot of this beer comes in casks a lot of the lagers but if it did you would want that fermentation to i don't know that's not true. It would be fine with loggers. <laughs> Discard that. I don't know. It's a good, a very interesting um, thing. My thing is probably just it's better for whatever process they already have. Like, right, exactly. 
that's probably what the reason behind it. But and you know, moves ferments faster, does everything faster. So, but something that was really cool to learn that. Yeah, well, and think about, you know, American Craft, like 10 years ago, nobody was doing loggers because they didn't have the time, the space, or the equipment to do so it. And then the market said, like, here's high pressure logger yeast. Here's mm-hmm. ways that you can do this. And so, yeah, I would I would imagine that if craft keeps growing in the UK, then that's probably something that they would see where it's mm-hmm. going to be driven more by craft than it will be by somebody like Fuller's, who's not like, yeah. you're right, they're not going to retrofit this gravity fed brewery with lagering tanks somewhere yeah. like everything's pretty much where it's going to be yeah. for all of time. Nice. I like learning new things like that. Um, another cool story about Fuller's that we learned on the tour is well, at one point we were taken out to like the keg yard, essentially <laughs> all these uh, trucks were coming in with all the, the dirty kegs and they had a small army of people taking kegs off and sorting them. And the tour guy was telling us that this area used to be, you know, the, kind of the same deal, but they would load them up with the horses. They would have big, two big horses pulling a carriage that with deliveries going to the kegs. They would go to like 15, 20 pubs a day. And his story is like, they would drink a pint of beer at each pub during the day. And towards the end, like they could just pass out because the horses were trained to come right back to <laughs> this delivery center. Cause that's where they would get fed. Right. And uh, so that's what happened. <laughs> I yeah, like, I love that. I want that job. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. So it's like, yep, that's what we used to do here at Fuller's. Right. Very, very irresponsible. <laughs> um, and we did get to see a cask line, like a cask packaging line. Mm-hmm. Um, put the dirty kegs on, dirty cask on. They had. Well, they had they had that for kegs. Put the dirty keg on, get a full one. But then the cast line, they had this like kind of automatic, mostly automatic, a little bit of manual because you had this one spot where someone had like hit the shiv in. Yeah, you know, like they they goes down the cleaning portion, and then it got a couple guys. They're like, we just haven't found a machine that does it better than the man of hitting yeah. in the the keystone and and the the shive. And then like the last really cool thing I liked was uh, you could get like any vintage ale bottle from when they started mm-hmm. making it there for the right price right the really old ones were like i have a picture somewhere i think it was 97 97 yeah and if i remember one. correctly that's when they had taken the gales prize old ale and that's now the fuller's vintage ale i think that that's that's why it started in 1997 but i may oh. be incorrect about that but they had a wall, like Rachel said, of, you know, you could buy a set of like 2020, 21, 22, or you could get one from 1997 for like 300 pounds. Yeah. I got one from the three most recent years for a package for 30 pounds. Right. <laughs> that was a good deal. Yes. 300. I was like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it was straight up awesome little fuller's tour really interesting yes and the if anyone out there is studying for the advancing exam advanced cicerone exam and keen to travel the they are doing a an advanced cicerone exam in london at the fuller's griffin brewery where we were yeah which I would like when we were walking through it which you know the advanced cicerone you're not going into the brew house or anything 
um, is the tasting and then the yeah. two oral exams. But yeah, walking through it, I was like, man, I really want to like, can we come here for master and walk through this brew house? Like, show me this old fucking weird ass hops thing you have and ask me what it is. Cause I know now. Yeah. I guess, I guess they're just going to give the exam in a little, they might have like a classroom set up. I don't know, but yeah. Well, tasting room. <laughs> right. But like, that's such a cool setting to be able to take any exam. They did have a little pilot brewing in their tasty room too. Mm-hmm. And we took a picture of a little pilot brewer in front of a little it, pilot brewing. Yes. Yeah, it's called pilot brewing or brewery. <laughs> I was like, I found it, guys. I found yeah. our place. We can move here. And we went, what else did we do? We went to the Victoria and Albert Museum because they have one of the largest collections of glassware yes. in the world. So stay tuned for why I wanted to go there. That was a very big, they have a lot of different things. There was a museum. lot of different stuff. When we went, we were at the end of our day. Yeah, we didn't have and the any resources time energy to do like a lot but right yeah so it was like i just want to see the glassware and but it was free yes it was free Free museum they had a couple exhibits that you paid for i noticed but it most of it it was free from what i could tell no one Mm -hmm. stopped me from going into anything at least right (laughs) (laughs) we did well uh westminster abbey was really cool there are a lot of um Really old, famous people that live, reside there and live more. there. <laughs> but like Charles Dickens is buried there. Like, okay, yeah, you got your your kings and your queens and all that. But I was not expecting all these authors and different. Mm-hmm. I guess mostly authors, really, um, to be buried there. I was like, Charles Dickens, you're not that old. How old are you? He's that old, but. <laughs> And then William Shakespeare, I guess he wasn't buried there, but it was like a tribute that right, sometimes, I, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, I want you to be buried here. I don't want right. to say <laughs> right. Yeah. Kind of a sassy little statue for yeah. him that I liked. It seemed fitting. And then we saw lots of London dogs. So many dogs. They look, hello. they look like dogs from London. I don't know what that means, but you will if you see them. If you go to London, it makes you sense. You got the, the little shakes yeah like shakespeare like facial hair like one of the little or like uh not shakespeare but um sherlock Sherlock holmes sherlock holmes yeah i think those are called dumbledaries oh i don't know i think so oh yeah yeah I like that. I, I'm doing this, this, uh, yeah, this makes audio me. medium, <laughs> right? Showing Rachel what I mean by that, but like the big, <laughs> the big bushy mutton chops. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the dogs look like. I, oh yeah. You want to end it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll start with you saying, I'm sorry. And we'll end with saying, oh, did you want to end it? So that was our trip to London and we're still deciding where we want to go next year. Uh, so if you have any suggestions, go there yourself. I think yeah. that that's. Go there yourself. Yeah, it is something uh, that we've. Just don't we've ask for suggestions. Right. <laughs> um, just in terms of accessibility, you know, I know that one thing that the Cicerone program says, uh, definitely for master, maybe for advanced, is that you should be able to, you should travel internationally before you take the exam. And I think that's a very big accessibility issue. That's not, I don't agree with necessary. that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's nice. Helpful like, for sure. But right. But like, you know, we were you saying pass it without it, we go 
in the coldest, deadest part of the year to places because that's when we can afford to go. And there's also no crowds there. So we can, yeah. you know, uh, see a lot more things and talk to a lot more people. We're very privileged. We're very lucky. We're very grateful. Right. We know that. Um, right. We set up our life to have this lifestyle. These are the choices we made. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, it is if you, if that it's is something necessary. that's available to you. Yeah. Um, traveling, of course, is always going to be very beneficial, uh, but I don't, it's, it's not necessary. So if you're somebody listening to this, thinking that you being a master Cicerone or even an advanced Cicerone is out of your reach because you can't afford to travel internationally, yeah. that's not true. Yeah. If you do are able to travel anywhere, it's always great to reach out to these breweries and see if anything really just, if you never know, you might get a private tour. Private tours can be real. If you are a brewer or you know a lot about the brewing process and you don't want to hear about the basic brewing process that you get in a tour, it can be kind of nice. Like at Spotten, we got to see some things that we wouldn't have gotten to see if we were just on a regular tour. Mm -hmm. So no, it never hurts to reach out, especially if you're going somewhere like Belgium. There are not the typical tap rooms right. available there. You do need to set stuff up. So if you have ever have any questions, I haven't been everywhere, but I've been to a lot and I can definitely give a little tips here or there if you ever want to reach out. Right. But yeah, I think especially with cask ale, there are several good places in the United States with very robust cask programs. It's not going to be exactly the same, but that's not going to be the deciding factor on how you advance within your career. Uh, I've also like noticed cask culture is different in England than it is in Germany. Mm hmm. Um, then thus it is in America too. So I don't think I would have learned that if I had not traveled there, right. but I also would not have need to know that to pass my sister on test. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yes, Hogshead in Denver has a great cast program. I know people grumble about them because people are always going to grumble about anything that people are trying to enjoy, but, um, Hogshead has a great cast <laughs> program here in Atlanta. The Brickstore pub has an amazing cast program. Uh, church key in dc mm -hmm. and i know i know that there are a ton of others but there mm -hmm. are places within the united states also that have a a well-maintained cast program where you can get the same kind of experience if going someplace like london is accessible mm -hmm. to you awesome thank you yeah so thank you everyone for listening thank you for coming along with us on our trip um now that i am starting to turn back into a regular human and not a mucus human. I will work on <laughs> getting some of our pictures up and posted so you can see them. And also so Rachel can see them because I'm the, I'm the photographer on the trip. It's very appreciated. Yes. <laughs> I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm so bad. Yes. So thank you everyone for listening and you can find us on social media at false bottom girls. You can find us on the internet at falsebottomgirls.com and you can email us at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. Rachel, would you like to take us out with a, um, a British goodbye? Mm, I'll get in trouble. Fair. But I am going to get to work on VDK9s. I will keep everyone updated. TM, TM, TM. TM. This has been False Bottom Girls, and we make the Bruin world go round.